Goofy boys talk about music and rank albums and stuff. <laughs> uh, we're doing a little bit of a different format today, so hope y'all stick with us. My name's Brett. I'm Nick. Dennis. I'm Max. And today, we're going to talk about police synchronicity. The uh, police. Yeah, I don't know. Is it? Das Police. It is yeah, the just, police. It's the police. Yeah, it's the it's, police. Yeah, it's According to Wikipedia. Wikipedia says... Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is their final studio album. What number? 1983. What number album? Oh, their fifth one. <laughs> boy, it was oh their boy. sixth. Let what? me do some. Was it fifth? Fifth. Okay. They only had mind. five albums. Never mind. I'm I'm doing research uh, as we record. Oh, pretty sure. So Dennis. That's your new. Is that the new format you were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing my own independent research as well. The police are three blonde, uh, cute men, from England. That's true. Is Sting still blonde? Or is he bald still? Sting is so blonde. He's got he's, blonde like... He's bald now. He's been bald for a while. Blonde on the sides. I actually didn't know that. Blonde down under, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Blonde old dick. <laughs> you seen his <laughs> The dick whole dick? thing is just covered in blonde hair. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, I'm going to really half-ass the history of the police unless anyone else wants to help. Uh, they formed in the late 70s. They were kind of a punk band uh, in the, I would say, in the vein of The Clash, doing kind of a reggae-infused thing. Can we They're, agree on that? I've mm-hmm. listened to some stuff on their first album, and it was actually quite punky. Yeah. I say. They yeah, kind of surprised me. I remember Josh Spurt used to listen to them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he liked the first album. Um, so, yeah. So, these guys. Uh, I think I would like to start with Andy Summers. He kind of had the longest history before this band he was in soft machine for a little bit he was yeah and then he was in the animals he's also like one album what he's an accomplished like jazz fusion studio player he's like 10 years older than the other two guys too i didn't know any of this i love soft machine equally as blonde Mm -hmm. also i think he hates sting i think they all do that's something i would like to talk about in depth Uh. later (laughs) Okay, so he was briefly in Soft Machine. Didn't play on any of the albums, though. That's why I didn't know. Okay, Dennis. I've never. I just had to look into machine. that. Okay. I had Dennis. to look into it. Did I quantify? God. Right, you gotta do your research beforehand. I did. Not that. I will add. I knew, no, I knew that one. Oh, yeah. I'll just <laughs> add in real quick that Andy Summers was not the original guitar player. There was a guy named Henry Padovani. A guy named Ingve Malmsteen. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he was so, so much more brunette. I don't know anything he about this guy. He was more of a sandy blonde, if anything. I think, uh, um, I think at some point I heard that the blonde thing was like a, uh, what am I trying to say? Like a gimmick. Like their manager said, hey, you guys need to look. And they just kind of stuck with it. People like that sort of stuff. It really works. They have a, a striking look. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I think of Sting, cover. I think of him like sleeveless, 
with a vest, you know? Oh, yeah. He always wears that. Nice. That's his look. Kind of scrawny, but a little toned. Yeah, he's like wiry. Yeah. Sting's an influential figure in pop culture. For sure. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Can we all at least agree on that? I think I would yeah. agree on that. His look was the basis for uh, John Constantine. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, his music career was great. Uh, wrestling career was also great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nick. He, he made a good short sword. Yeah. And, uh, Nick, also Rutger Hauer in Blade Runner. Blonde. Based off of Sting. B- blonde. The blonde nice. hair was based off of Sting. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> no but John I mean, Constantine really was, though. Okay. I so, think he told me that before. <laughs> so these three boys. He looks exactly like him in like the original. Cute boys having some breakout success with their first album. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would call it reggae pop, uh, sort of in the new wave uh, vein. Punky, too. And yeah. as they move on with their second and third. <laughs> and fourth. <laughs> so let's see. Regatta and then we get bon. to synchronicity. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Here we so, are. It's been a I've, quick journey. Okay, so I've sampled these albums just in my life, and they most, are, most of them have a song or two you probably know on them. They're pretty like um, straightforward, very well structured musician mu- musically. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> these are pretty simple stuff until it gets to like Ghost in the Machine. Ghost in the Machine is they, good. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, and they kind of start branching out into what I would call more progressive territory. Uh, and I'd then, say progressive for pop music of the time. Yeah, 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 it's art pop or something. And then Synchronicity is their last album, 1983. And um, a lot of people define it as their kind of swan song. It's definitely their most... Uh, the successful album this one had the most million copies in like the u.s by itself i actually i looked it up i tried to find uh worldwide sales it's about 15 million worldwide didn't you say at one point that what's the song every breath you take every breath you take according to i think i read it just on wikipedia makes up a quarter of sting's royalties and it's the most played song in radio history according to a some yeah, that's that's the one. Some research. That, if that, if it is actually the most played song in radio history, that's fucking insane. That it's, it kind of seems impossible. Yeah. That one song could be the most played song ever. I don't know but, if I believe, but if it were true, I could see it because it it would work on classic rock, alternative, soft rock. You know, it could work on a lot of different. But also, it's also in a lot of movies and stuff like that, (laughs) too. Think about it from the angle, who doesn't know that song? Yeah, but think this could play on 101 The Fox, 98.9 The Rock, 96.5 The Buzz, whatever else there is. 93.3. Our our local radio stations. What's the soft rock one? The Star. 107.7, something like that. And then 104.9, the oldies boldies oldies but moldies <laughs> i don't listen the moldy to oldies <laughs> i think you are the only one who listens to the radio still i say i don't listen to the well, radio and then i'll throw my hood up sometimes the radio <laughs> that's on. badass i'm just the only person that <laughs> i only listen to the radio to my ears open uh, i listen to the church of laszlo <laughs> podcast when they talk podcasts on the radio you're the only one who has your ears open <laughs> because you listen to the radio <laughs> i'm the only one no you guys 
hear it, but you're not listening. <laughs> One thing I just want to add, the definition of synchronicity is important here. The simultaneous occurrence of events which appear significantly related, but have no discernible causal connection. Interesting. So there's no point that they happened at the same time, but there is a point. That Coincidental they at the synergy. Same time. Uh, more or less, I guess. Yeah. That's a, that was a good way to put that. Thank you. Um. <laughs> good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, are we gonna go right into the album art? Okay. I mean, it's it's certainly striking. It's different than the one that I have on. I'm looking here on Wikipedia, and it's they're like. There were a bunch of order. different covers on the vinyl, like slight differences. Really, it's one of those like, like the pictures and collect shit like them that. all. Yeah, but I think it's like an absurd amount, like forty something different covers. I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> like. Mm. So I guess describing it, there's a a yellow bar at the top. It's got a bunch of sting pictures. He's like talking to a skull, <laughs> looking through a rib cage. The middle one when is he's blue. Stung by a bee. Is he? Getting... We'll see. The colors aren't even in that order every time. <laughs> <laughs> the colors are sorry, a different I had to order. Get my sting, my yeah, well, sting and stung jokes that's out. That's what I'm saying. The one that I had, me, you almost made me choke on my drink. The one that I had, the yellow one was in the middle. And forgive me here, the blue, the blue one. I don't know. It's the other blonde guy. <laughs> is uh, it Stuart Copeland? It's him. I don't know. I think the blue is Stuart Copeland. And then the red is a different guy. The, the, red. Red. the red looks the red guy looks older i'll say so I'm which one that. which says andy Stink, stang, andy and summers what sting stang and stung yes oh is that what you meant by the b because he's sting yeah i said i gotta get my sting and stang jokes up but then i just made a joke about them being named sting stang and stung <laughs> that's funny they kind of had a hansen look yeah before hansen yeah, yeah. they were really the original hansen the album art, it's fine it's whatever Okay. I th- uh, yeah, I, th- I think it fits the uh, the tone and I like, what yeah. they're going for. Yeah. I like the colors in it's it. It's fine. It's the primary yeah. colors. I would, yeah. yeah. I would Can agree. you name the three primary colors? <laughs> well, let's see. Sting, Andy, Stewart. <laughs> there you go. Sting, Sting, and Stung. Um, yeah, the... <laughs> Stop. That's the album art is you. very... That's uh, funny. It's, it's whatever. You know, it's just album art. I like it. I think it's, it's I think, better than average. I think Sting is posing hard. And that's something, well, that's something we'll get into later. Did you guys listen to the remaster or the original? Because I listened to the remaster because I was on Spotify. I listened to the remaster too. I don't know. Um, I listened to what I'm assuming is the most recent remaster, which is the box set that I have. Um, the, the box set doesn't have Murder by Numbers at the end. So... Hmm. Well, let me just skip ahead and say sit you're not missing on much. That wasn't on the. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've heard I've heard the song. And that wasn't on the original vinyl though, right? I got no. To say about yeah, that that's one. what I thought. It's a B side. Yeah. And they just threw it on. Uh, most CD reissues. I saw after. it on a bunch of the vinyls afterwards too. Like Is it vinyl reissues? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. So today we're doing a slightly different format. We're gonna go straight through the album track by track talk about how whatever our feelings are for each track and then at the end we're going to do overall good overall bad uh and then we'll do our ratings etc 
So just a heads up, we are kind of experimenting here, but we're trying to streamline the process a little bit. And <laughs> let's just dive right into it. Brett, I am curious, actually, like, why did you pick this album? I, I honestly don't know. The Police are just a band that I've always kind of wanted to listen to more. You I want to go out of your wheelhouse a little bit. They're, yeah, they're, they're uh, a band that have always been on the periphery of my musical taste. And I've never loved them or disliked them. But I've heard some tr- songs that I could tell, like, I could tell if you scratch a little deeper, there's something here, you know? Yeah, I'd, I'd honestly say that I'm in the same exact boat. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I was, I don't know. When you picked it, I was surprised because it was a little out of left field. But at the same time, I wasn't really surprised. I was like, this seems like something that you'd want to try eventually, yeah. you know? I, I mean, didn't... And I kind of feel the same. Like, I I hadn't actively thought about the police in a long time. But, like, I mean, I, I'd say that, you know, oh, yeah, I'd probably dive in at some point, you know? Yeah. And there, I didn't want to keep picking, you know, if I picked something else uh, that I would just give a 10 out of 10, yeah, know, yeah. that would be fun. What about you, Dennis? Um, I guess I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. Uh, I'm familiar with like their big singles. They're all over the radio. Um, I like most of them. Um, so it was a band that I, I wanted to check out at some point. Um, I just kind of preemptively bought a box set of all their albums and with some like bonus stuff just because i that for this no I, i've had this for a few months actually just because i got a good deal on it and i mean you get five albums and a bonus cd of stuff for like 50 bucks so nice to get like the entire discography of a band in one go as well too sometimes yeah i'm a sucker for box sets so yeah. um but yeah yeah what about you max um it was actually kind of weird <clears throat> that you picked this because a couple months ago, um, my wife was, she just had like a Spotify playlist going and Every Breath You Take came on and I love that song. So I would, uh, the next day at work, um, the police have a compilation that is about two hours. It's probably like five or six songs from every album. Um, and I listened to that and I remember thinking the end of it was my favorite part and it was the songs from Synchronicity. Um, so that's why it was kind of weird when you um, picked this one because it had been on would my mind you, recently. Would you consider that synchronicity? I, I could. I could, yeah. Ooh. I would consider that synchronicity. That's some spooky shit. Sting right. planned So that's our, that's our general history with the band. Now we're going to do a little bit of a different format today. Uh, instead of good, bad for each track, we're just going to go through track by track. And just kind of give our general thoughts on each track. And then at the end, give overall good and then overall bad about the album. So bear with us. We're kind of trying out some new formulas. Let us know what you think. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Let us know what you think. Email us at dennisisadumbidiot at gmail.com. At (laughs) gfuck.com. Nice. (laughs) So, guys... Yeah, this album opens up with the track called Synchronicity. Synchronicity one. what? I don't know. Synchronicity one. Okay. Yeah. Synchronicity <laughs> one. Uh, I love this let's song. Go around. Yeah, I love the song too. I think it's a great opener. I think it's pretty good. It's very electronic. It very is pulsing. It's funny you should mention that because I'm looking at the uh, 
the personnel notes uh sting used a drum machine and sequencer on this song i could i can tell yeah that was something i was going to ask did sting play the keys on this whole album does it say because i couldn't find that uh no uh andy summers also did some keyboards because hmm. I, I don't know he's andy summers is the one on the keys in the album picture I was going to say, because there's a lot of, like, synthesized brass and piano and stuff that I didn't yeah. know who was playing it. Uh, but Sounds uh, like there's some real saxophone, and not in this song, but anyways. This song is awesome. It's got cool, um, big vocal harmonies and, like, good call and response vocals. It's and very... It's really driving electronic music. It's like yeah. a um, like a post-punk new wave fusion yeah. song. It's got some um, proggy element to it too. I, uh, I think it's it sets a cool tone starting off. Um, I do. Uh, this is one of the ones that I like. Um, uh, it gives a good first impression, you know, for the album. And like I said, it just kind of gets you going. I was when I first put it on, I was like, oh, this is a little different than I thought it would be. And I was like, that's kind of cool, you know. I would. Good. I would almost the ending's say. Funny too. <laughs> I would almost say that it kind of gives the wrong impression. I, I kind most, of agree. It's well, the most energetic track. It's the most energetic. It's by far the most, it almost sounds like a techno song. Yeah. <laughs> it got bit. me excited. And I mean, we'll get into it. I wouldn't say like disappointed after with the, with the rest. It, it's more just like, uh, yeah, it's kind of a false impression, but it's a good like introduction. I think it's the best way to put it. This is a very varied album. Yeah. Too, so yeah, I will say, um, it's eclectic. I might as well put this out front right now. Uh, Uh-oh. The ending of this song mm-hmm. made me laugh really hard. Uh, with is the it? Synchronicity. Synchronicity. When he just says it over and over again. that it It's because, like, that's how I imagined a song called that would sound if the police like, did it. <laughs> You've probably heard it. I don't think I've ever heard it. I, I was talking to Dennis a little bit about this before, but so I know that there are a lot of hits on this record. Like, half this record were charting hits, but, like, I really only recognize two songs. A lot of it's really fresh to me, hmm. if I have heard it before. I recognize. I'm kind of, I'm kind like of half and half about half of this album. Yeah. See, I only knew two songs, like that I knew for sure that I knew. And uh, but my point, my point is with this song, at that ending, that kind of made me laugh. Um, I started to play a game the first time that I listened to this, where every new song, I would listen to it for about ten seconds just to get the tempo and the key signature it's in, I would look at what the song was called and try to guess how it sounds when Sting <laughs> says the name of the song in the song. And I was Kyo right. I, I, I was right about about half the time. So. Most, most Sting impressions are very accurate. Yeah. Can I? Including my just mental. Do you, have you, do you, remember, do you remember Doug? Do you remember the band The Beats? I'm talking about Nickelodeon's Doug. I remember Doug. I don't remember the band. No, Look, go that. YouTube the band The Beats. It's just the police. <laughs> it's like ooh wee oh ee oh wee oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's songs about like brushing your teeth. <laughs> I will say, uh, I'll get it out there. I don't like Sting's voice. I think he sounds weirdly like off key or off pitch half the time. He's um. <clears throat> I don't know. He, I don't think he's off pitch. I think he's not a natural singer. I he's think pretty he, tuneful. He sounds great when he's singing quietly. Like every breath you take, he sounds great on that song. But it's I, when he's like singing like I think, loud. I think that's like a reggae thing. 
Really? Yeah, to like kind of shout. He, yeah, he he is doing a white guy reggae voice. It sounds like his voice is breaking half the time. Also, mm-hmm. you're talking about his vocals on Every Breath You Take. That's about the only song he's not like quadruple voiced. On every, just about every track, he is doing big harmonies constantly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I mean, the two softer songs are, are pretty dialed Key back. in the Sahara, he's pretty quiet on that one yeah, the whole time. Walking in Your Footsteps, yeah. too. Okay, yes. But for most of the more driving songs, it's yeah. like a lot of stings happening at once. Which but I don't, I, I I don't re- think he's a, a bad singer or off key. Um, I think it's I think he's just got a really distinctive voice, and he is kind of shouty. That's what I was trying to kind of reconcile, like while listening to it, and you know, he he do some weird vocal thing, and I think like, man, he sounds bad, but he's not a bad singer, like. You know what? It's what's kind of, going on that I don't like? It's kind of like uh, I think it's a version of like soul or style or something that is just not like raw talent. You know, he's just kind of he's got some edge. No, he's got to he's got to play that bass while he sings. I'm I'm with you though, Max. I don't I don't really like his voice either. I think he sounds great on this album. I uh, I think he sounds very good. He's not my favorite. His vocals are not my favorite part. Anyways, is that all we have for Synchronicity 1? Uh, yeah, I mean, for that song. Yeah. yeah, I didn't have anything bad to say about it. Walking in Your Footsteps. I have uh, a lot of bad this to one's say. Almost, this one's almost a song. <laughs> I have a lot of bad things to say about Boring, this song. underwhelming art rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to come out right and say I fucking hate this song. This, this song kind of um, stinks. It's all build up with like no payoff and just wankery in like the most basic level. At first, I love this song. Oh, you are you are joking me? Listen, I'm not I know, fucking joking. Listen, I miss the dinosaurs too, but like, come on. <laughs> it's not even about I'll the dinosaurs. The whole like tribal extinction. The tribal rhythm thing reminds me a lot of Peter Gabriel's solo stuff, and I think it's really good. Okay, I so, will. I will. Stuart Copeland trying to save that song. I will concede. I like the music of this song. It is the vocals, the lyrics, the fact that he says "Mr. Brontosaurus." <laughs> what lessons so have you for us? It, it. I hated this song so much that it made me like almost not okay. like this album. I don't hate this song. I I don't like it. I don't think it's great. At first, I the first verse, I was like. Oh, this is kind of a cool song about cavemen, like talking about our ancestors. And then the second line, he goes, "Mr. Dinosaur," <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, this is favorite of Barney, God's creation." Go, I miss the dinos too. But it's the synchronicity between the dinosaurs and modern man. I think I think it's about we're about to go extinct because we're going to bomb ourselves into nothingness. Well, yeah, he I mean, he so talks I, about the atomic I, bomb I and do, stuff. In the Stink. end of the thing, I understand what he's Stink going for. The dinosaurs didn't blow themselves up, though. <laughs> they did. It, the dude. Don't tell us. Tell Sting. Public schools don't want you to know, but the dinosaurs invented the atom bomb. I believe it. It's actually kind of funny though, because Nick and I were talking the other day, and we were like, "Let's open up the next episode of the podcast with a moment of silence for dinosaurs." <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, talk about what you love about this song. I mean, I enjoy the tribal rhythms. I like that kind of stuff. I say, the only positive I like note them. I they have like about electro the tribal rhythms. Yeah, I think they sound pretty good though. So it sounds like, like an Alesis three hundred dollar electronic drum kit. I will say, I'm, I'm with you there. The the only positive thing that I really have to say about this song is I like the progression. I feel like Stuart Copeland trying to save this song pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought the music to it was pretty good. 
Yeah. It's a nice, quiet there, little scene. He's fucking pan flute pulling it out of the back. I saw a live video. He literally pulls it from his back, and I'm just like, fuck you, Steve. There's some subtle guitar playing from Andy Summers, too, that I like in the song. It's so interesting to put this right in the fucking front of the album. This album has weird as hell pacing. I bet they were doing that on purpose. I was digging it, though. Weird as hell? I'd call it bad. <laughs> Hot take. Um, to, my, to add my on. only notes say not about cavemen. <laughs> Dumb lyrics. Electro drums. I think my main point on this one was, uh, like I said, uh, show offy while somehow being boring. <laughs> like, my notes. My notes. I wrote. It sounds like something a six-year-old wrote after watching We're Back or Land Before Time. <laughs> We're back. Elena kept, my, my uh, girlfriend, Elena, kept making fun of this one. She just, like, changed the dinosaur name the whole time. She'd be, hey, Mr. Bronchiosaurus. <laughs> All right. All right. Are we done with this one? Okay, uh, we're yeah. walking past this one. Yeah. I am glad that you liked it, though, Dennis. I enjoyed it. I'm glad it, it's if it's cute. It is. It's a cute song. Yeah, it's a cute little song. Yeah, uh, it's a weird tonal shift, I think, and it doesn't match anything else on the album. Well, I, there's quite a few tonal shifts on this album. So yes, yeah, I and just kind of got that, used to it. That can be respected. The fact that they did it, I don't listen to, but I respect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh my God, that's the next track. Yes. Yeah. This song was incredibly hard for me to remember because the chorus is he's he's yelling fill him up and I couldn't remember that the song was called Oh My God. You know, I'd see in the track listing and I'd think like how yeah, did that one go? I mm. I kinda put that this one is uh forgettable bang, 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 and repetitive. Bang, 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 bang. But I do think that it has cool. I think it has one of his uh I think it probably has my f- no, I shouldn't say my favorite. I I think it has his most impressive vocal performance on the album. Oh, I thought for sure you were going to mention the bass playing. Oh, my God, the bass playing. It's the same. The guitar playing is great. This song is sexy. Nick, don't you like funky bass? Oh, I can hear the bass on this one. Nick must like this one. It's like I will say every time I listen to something and like a cool bass line pops up, I think I should send this to Nick. This is uh well I don't think that cuz I don't care about Nick's opinion. I think it's fine. <laughs> I think this is a really cool like you can tell they were having fun kind of jamming and this song came out of it. I yeah. Think it's, I th- I think the intro's like funky and fun. I like the bass playing. Right. Uh to me it sounds like um this is the vibe that 80s Genesis was trying to go after and to some extent mm. 80s Rush. Okay. I know, like, I know for a fact, Alex Lifeson and uh, Neil Peart, have, they, they've worshipped, like, police stuff. That's kind of... Alex Lifeson kind of copied this, like, very bright, open guitar style. Yeah. Um, which... And a, guitar as a backup instrument. Yeah, now that you say that... Which is rare. I can really hear that kind of Alex Lifeson adopted that style of guitar is more for the, the atmosphere a little bit. Yeah. Um, I really like this song though. I thought the the brass was great. The saxophone was fun. Yeah, Sting actually plays the saxophone on this song. Really? Yes. Yeah. I looked that up too. I was I was I wanted to say that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm surprised you didn't take a picture with it. <laughs> what do you think about this track, Nick? I said it was 
forgettable and kind of repetitive. Do you not like it because Sting shows you up on the bass? Ooh, sure. <laughs> Do it. I uh, I think I think Sting thought about every instrument on this album besides the bass. I think this. <laughs> in, oh, this come on, he he has got some good bass lines on this album. I think yeah. this song is a lot of really simple parts, like a lot of really simple parts, making a really lush sound. Like if you listen, the guitars. Da, 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 da. Ba, da, 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 da. Oh, I thought you were going and into then there's the Super Mario theme going. there. <laughs> I gotta say, this is one of the ones though that like, I, I would forget it was on the CD, and I'd see the track title and be like, "How did that one go?" And I couldn't remember it unless I was listening to it. It just didn't stick with me. I'm gonna be honest. That's time. that's most of this album for me. What that's fuck? quite a bit of it for me. I, I struggled to remember a lot of it. I think this was a, I think this was a solid like, yeah. track. I agree. I think this is a solid tune, and I also really love the jazzy outro. Mm-hmm. Don't remember yeah. it. I wrote down that there was there's there's a little bit of like jazz touches to this album. There's yeah, a spooky um, sax solo. Mm-hmm. I love that. It goes yeah. really like atmospherically weird for a yeah. second, which leads us into. Uh, mother. Oh, can I can I start this one, please? You'd like to start this one? Yes. Can I? Please? Yes. Go ahead. I'm not even lying. This is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. <laughs> this ain't good. This is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. This That's this bullshit. reminds me, especially of, on a classic album. This reminds me of some nutty shit Genesis would have done in the '70s, like some kooky shit. Do you want to know what I wrote in my good section for this song? I wrote well dot 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 i appreciate the experimentation i i do too i appreciate that they went for something weird you you got you gotta you gotta you gotta you got i mean it it takes some balls to put a song this fucking weird on a police album right not even like one of their first albums they're like oh we're the biggest band in the 80s they were like the biggest band in the world at this point and they put a song Mm -hmm. like this (laughs) That as is, the fourth song it is interesting i this song took me took me aback when i first heard it so i was like what the hell is this this doesn't sound anything like the police but the more i listen to the album you gotta open that beer first <laughs> i thought my spotify had cued to a different album when it started i kind of did too i had to check yeah. um but the more I listened to this album the more I warmed up to this song i fucking love it i i think it it's like they're trying to do some something yes would do in the middle of an album it uh actually made some notes for this it, it is very much like a vandergraaf generator song or peter <laughs> hammer's peter, peter hamill solo i'm not super familiar with them well uh, they're they're a prog <clears throat> art rock band voivod day. that's one of voivod's inspirations if that helps but it's thinking what's the what's on, the one on fragile that's like 20 pence to whatever you know on yes I know this this does also sound like a really weird 80s King Crimson song yeah which uh, didn't um, Stuart Copeland and the King Crimson guy have a side project I don't know about that he wasn't soft machine that was Andy Summers oh maybe that's what I'm thinking of (laughs) one of the guys in police I think had a side project with the main King Crimson guy I, I don't know um I don't know too much about 
what Robert Fripp was doing outside of King Crimson other than like those Brian Eno albums that he did. Nick, relax. Nick is, what, Nick's fucking oiling. pissed. What I read was that uh, Stuart Copeland wrote this song. No, or it was Andy, Andy Summers. Summers wrote it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he wrote it and it was part of like, I guess Sting was extremely controlling during the writing of this album. He wrote nine out of the 11 songs. Um, and Stuart Copeland or Andy Summers, sorry, yeah. wrote just like a weird song and Sting was like, oh, love it, mate. Let's do it. And, <laughs> Fuck you, Sting. <laughs> and and they did it, but I mean, God, this this is a song. I, I will it's say, make all the teenage girls think we're weird and dark. Yeah, it, it's pretty out of place on the album, but I I really like Andy Summers' like demented vocal. It, it reminds me a lot of like a Norman Bates type thing. Dennis, have you ever heard? the song of wheels of fire by cream called press rat and warthog i haven't listened to that album yet it's like really it's like i don't know kind of weird jammy ambient music and then it's ginger baker going and the pressed rat on the dog's leg spat bowls of fire and it's like <laughs> just weird nonsense but it's in the middle of this really good like ahead of its time album but this reminds me of that. Okay, the, that's interesting. If you you like say this, that. You might dig Frank Zappa. No, <laughs> but it's interesting that you'd say that, Brett, because I made a note that this song is like this album's Boris the Spider from the Who. Yeah. Or yeah. like someone else is singing, and it's weird. Yeah. Or um, I actually didn't realize that it was not Sting singing on this song until I saw it on Wikipedia. Really? Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound anything like Sting. I, I mean, he was <laughs> screaming, so I thought it was Sting just doing some weird... Talking to his mother on the phone. My my wife came in, because I was like, hey, Bronwyn. I was like, come here, listen to this song. And I skipped ahead to the part where he's like, I hear the phone ringing. Is it my mother on the phone? <laughs> and she, she just like looked at me and said, no, nah, I'm good, and like left the room. <laughs> I think, if anything, this adds to that this is a pop album with some weird unsettling stuff in it and that's kind of the when we get to every breath you take that's the theme of that song it's a pop song but it's also like weirdly unsettling yes have you ever heard the re-recorded every breath you take re-recorded did they re-record that one or was it just i know they re-recorded two they did don't stand so close to me and they did it in a different key and they slowed the tempo down um re-recorded it when yeah, 1986. It was like the last thing they did. I, I didn't even know that they did that. The Don't Stand So Close to Me 86 version is like creepy. Um, and I think they did Every Breath You Take as well. I'll have to look into that. But I would like to hear that. I would like to hear Nick talk about Mother real quick. If I already can. said what I had to say. Well, you've just been staring daggers at me this whole time, so I thought you might have more to say. <laughs> no. Uh, I think it's... Yeah, go on. No, I think it fucking sucks. <laughs> I, I hate it. And uh, I don't think it's funny or clever. It's just obnoxious and dumb. I think it adds some weirdness to the album. It's a little too long for a weird novelty. It's one but of those it's songs. It's not great, but I don't hate it. It's one of those songs that, like, the first time I listened to it, when I was thinking back, you know, I was kind of just like, was that a fever dream? Did I imagine that song? And then it comes on again, and I'm, oh, no. Oh no, this is a real song. But that yeah, it makes it makes you think in the middle of this 
album that otherwise could be played at your high school prom. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, Nick? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't go to prom. So the next song is called Miss Grudenko. I like da. this song. Miss what? Da. Da, yes. Da. Da, correct. Yes. <laughs> I thought this was go a ahead. very fun I, little song. I, I think it's a welcome return of Sting. Yeah. Singing. Yes. I think it tricks you because Mother is so terrible <laughs> that, that you think you that hear, this one's really good. When you hear Sting come back, it's like, oh, damn, he's good. <laughs> Ooh, wow. He's but singing notes. All I got to say about this one is uh, that the whole, whenever they go back to that little, uh, it's the, the melody line of the nobody but us. And then when they start to repeat that, I felt like it was just Brett teasing me. Like, like I'm making you listen to this. Like, <laughs> Why? You hate it? <laughs> so I didn't like it, no. I thought it was annoying. I think it's a cool... It's like schoolyardy. I think it's like, a cool chorus. I loved it. <laughs> I think the... Uh, this is one of the ones I guessed how it would go, by the way. The too. guitar, this <laughs> is one of the most, like... One of the coolest guitar songs. It's just really clean-picked. Yeah, and there's uh, another really brief jazzy guitar solo that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, this was a cool song. It kind of... Um, it's a weird... I I almost want to say it's weird because it's only two minutes long, but I feel like that adds to the song. That is kind of just like a, like four minutes long. It's just like a Three. little a brief, <laughs> fun song that you know transitions to. I would assume this is where side A ends. No, no. Next Synchronicity one. two. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they the other song they re-recorded was D do do do. D da da da. Okay. Yeah. That was a hit too. Sure. It was. Sure. I didn't make that up. <laughs> Just quit fucking lying. Um No birdie, birdie. Yeah, yeah, I wrote uh, you know, very catchy. I love the um like the the finger picked guitars and the, the bass line and I liked it a lot too. I think it had a lot of great hooks and I liked the chorus a lot. Um that is anybody alive in here part is very catchy it's another one that reminds me of late or not late but late 80s genesis it's the lyrics are kind of like weirdly spooky and it's like jazzy i can see that interesting music with you know it's it's funky and upbeat but also kind of like uh really musical and kind of spooky you know yeah, there's like a sense of danger to the song, and I, I looked into the lyrics of pretty much every song on the album, and this one was kind of, like, you can't really tell what exactly he's talking about. This is a Stuart Copeland song, but, like, the 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 idea that made the most sense was that it's about, like, a secretary who works for the USSR, like Kremlin, and it's just like danger espionage shit going on which i mean that kind of fits with the lyrics so th- that's good know. for I, me i honestly did not listen to the lyrics <laughs> well I, I know that about you that you don't ever pay attention to the lyrics did you nick you hate this song too i don't hate this one i just it, it's another it's kind of like oh my god it's just like kind of in one ear out the other and i just thought like the the parts that stick out that I remember, the anybody alive in here and nobody but us just sounds like kids teasing me on the playground, and I don't really I like think, that. I mean, no, it would be in one ear. It would be in one ear out the other if it was 
I mean, it is kind of just a, you know, upbeat, like, pop song, but there's some really cool, like, classical guitar shit in it, too. And, and like, I don't know. These guys are just playing real fucking cool music. Oh, no, I'm not saying that they're not competent musicians. I just feel like this goes more into, like, the overall stuff. But I will say that, um, I mean, you know how... I listen to things like I, I tend to go for the bass and um, drums and then kind of vocals and guitars, honestly, usually like one of the later things that I like really That's pay attention to. That's the order of this album. Well, unless if it's like, uh, you know, extremely prominent in the mix, which here it's not, you know? So, I mean, like the guitar was kind of like the last thing I focused on. And for the most part, everything that Andy Summers does, I, I, I like, I feel like it's pretty tasteful and um, I like his tone a lot. He's obviously very influential and the fact that this was 1983 and this really like, they really embraced the new production sound of the 80s and like he was obviously a big influence on that with like everything that he does on like, you know, this album and presumably Ghost in the Machine, at least like the one or two songs I've heard of that album. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just... On this song, at least, like, even though I, I've had, we've had so long to listen to this one, I mean, like, and I did go through and do a few, like, guitar-specific listens, uh, the guitar didn't grab me too much on this one. I, I mean, like, I thought it was good, but no more competent or different than really the rest of the album for me. I think this was one of the better guitar songs. This is one of the ones where the bass stuck out to me, too. That was a long way to say, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever, Nick. We're gonna move on. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, I'm just. I'm just being honest. That's fine. <laughs> Synchronicity two. You like this one, right? <laughs> best song on the album. This is okay. This is yeah. <laughs> this song. This I like this. Song. I've I've always liked this song. The fucking guitar on this one is particularly. You know, this was the first seed in my head. You know, everyone knows Roxanne. Every breath you take, and then we got Guitar Hero. We used to play that on PS2, and this song was on there, right? Or was it? No, it was on there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, I thought "Message in a Bottle" was on. Guitar I think they Hero both. Too, that's or... on one of them too. I think yeah. they both were. They both were. I, I don't remember playing "Synchronicity" too. Um, yeah. Um, I, this and song... that was where I was like, "Oh, the police are different than I thought." Yeah. You know, yeah. This is a cool song. In a way, this song kind of ruined the album for me because, like, it's way better than anything else on it, to my, in my opinion. I would agree like, with that. You know what this song, I always mix up the opening riff, is uh, um, Isn't It Midnight from the Tango of the Night album. Oh, yeah. It, it that, those intros like that, are very yeah. similar. Danger Zone. Yeah. This? Uh, yeah, Danger yeah. Zone. But no, this song, that that riff and Sting hitting those uh, notes, it makes, me awesome. feel like, it makes me feel like I'm speeding down the highway at sunset, and like it, on the coast. It's really back and nice. forth, like dark and minor, and then... This is where the loose concept of synchronicity ends. This is probably the most like other than synchronicity one, where they're establishing what synchronicity is. Mm -hmm. This is where they just like wrap it up as a loose concept. Because when he's talking about uh, like the mundane family life of this guy, he goes to work, he goes to his family, and everything's shitty. And then a but then the Loch Ness monster's coming out. Wait, not related at all. What? Where where was he coming from? Was he coming from a dark Scottish lake? Yeah. That's where <laughs> the a spa, a Spanish law. Yeah. The second time that they mention I assumed Scottish it was, Lake and the key change and it gets real dark. I it's like 
Like Nessie's coming up. I'm probably filling in gaps. I assumed it was a guy working at like a nuclear power plant, just going to work every day. I think walking so. past the picket lines, you know, people saying mm. "fuck off," and he's like, ah, "I'm not thinking about it. I'm going to work." Yeah. I thought he was the monster. In the no. End. Whoa, <laughs> Nick. I never thought about it like that. Uh, I got none of that. There, there are some uh, funny lyrics in this song too where he mentions Rice Krispies fucking, I hate the fucking crotch one too oh yeah the, that it's like a kick in the crotch yeah I think it works it's like I don't know it's better than him saying British kick humor. in the nuts you guys ever heard the Angra cover of this is oh. it good no I bet it's pretty good <laughs> no it's fine It's but it's with I, Fabio and uh it's funny cause his Italian accent talking about Rice Krispies and shit is funny <laughs> it's a, <laughs> I really like this song overall I I don't like like the they're, I guess you call them bridges, where he says, "And the dark Spanish lake." Scottish, Scottish lake. He I don't Spanish too. Does he? Yeah, I'm no. Spanish. I swear to God. Mm-mm. No, I swear to God. Because you said that, and it put it in my head that he says that. But I God. thought he was always saying Scottish. In he says Scottish. Spanish luck. No, he, he says does. Scottish. He says uh, Scottish. He's, yeah, every it's time. Scottish every time. It's a Loch Ness monster, Brett. Why would he be in Spain? I don't. Is know. he on holiday? I don't know. Ask Sting. But I don't. I don't like I don't those want parts. To I think they're ever in my life. I think those parts are kind of goofy. But I mean, they're part of the concept. Yeah. I, like I understand that it like comes out of nowhere and it doesn't make any sense. But that's like what synchronicity is supposed to be. It is creeping me out a little bit that uh, the songs from this album were the ones I liked the most a couple months ago, and then Brett picked it. Hmm. Yeah. Synchronicity. There you go. Um. I'll just talk about this a little bit more. Turns out we were all kind of right. He says Scottish every time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess we all would be right. Yeah. Okay. Um, That we solved that. Hold on, uh, Dennis. That's good that we were all proven correct. (laughs) I'm glad that we looked that up to make sure we were all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Yeah, just on the guitar playing with this song, it's very like post-punk style guitar playing, which isn't really present on the rest of the album. And even though... uh, like this has far less uh, effects on it and uh, reverb and delay and all that stuff. It kind of reminds me of um, the guy from Flock of Seagulls. Can't remember his name right now. Something Reynolds. But the guitar playing reminds me a lot of him. Ryan. What is it? This Ryan Reynolds. I don't Ryan Reynolds. This song. That's funny. You mentioned that this song. I found found very Flock of Seagulls. It does sound yeah. a lot like that now that you mention it, like the guitar tone and just this the way is, the riffing is. This is like the most 80s song on the album. Yeah. I, I love this song a lot. I'd say it's a contender for the best on the album. I uh, made the mistake of looking up the music video. Not, Not a cool. good music video. I haven't seen that. Uh, they're just all like wearing them. like ridiculous, like, like super 80s Mad Max, like post-apocalyptic weird costumes. That's awesome. They, they all look like assholes. <laughs> Is it like the weird video for um, that Sisters of Mercy video where it's like Andrew Eldritch and he's like walking through like a slum, but it's like a Mad Max slum? No, they're they're just like they're on like, a set. Yeah. I think they might be like elevated platforms. All three they're of them. They're on like cranes and shit like that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's that's dumb. awesome. It's, You're describing something cool. I... It sounds a lot cooler than it actually is. It sounds silly. It is very silly. Okay, so this song, I think, is by far the best song on the album. I agree. I think this, for me, defines what the police 
should have been like if the police were a really good band <laughs> Not that they're not good. This is what I was hoping yeah. the album would be. And this was the one on, you know, on Guitar Hero when we were 15. That was like, ooh, I like this, you know. Is there more like this? And really there isn't. Well, and the, I'd say the first synchronicity kind of delivers on that. Sort like, of. It's really. sort of. It's it's in the same vein. Yeah, they complement each other it's well. It's in a similar vein. But I, that's why I got excited. I was like, I was like oh, the album is going to be like this. Like you know, This for it. me is like um, Muse, Knights of Sidonia. Oh like, yeah, you hear that song and you're like, "Whoa, Muse is cool." This song's awesome. <laughs> like, and then you maybe hear the I rest. do like Muse, and you listen to Muse, and it's like, <laughs> and you go, "Oh no, Muse!" What is this? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like this isn't that. They tricked me. You guys are fools, though. This isn't the best song on the album. I can't wait to hear what you think. I think it's by far the best song. This Get song, ready, pussy. This Synchronicity <laughs> okay. Two goes back and forth between like that dark, spooky feel into happy yeah. uh you know it's know. the synchronicity the brand. reggae kind of thing but it's back and forth it's the synchronicity yeah man just that intro with that driving ass riff yeah and sting belting out those o's it's so good it's very, very good beats from doug I, w- I would say they took a big influence <laughs> from beats from beats from doug <laughs> so the next track here I don't know if you guys have heard this one. Definitely take take a couple minutes, pause this, uh, look it up on YouTube. What's it called again? Every breath you take. Every every breath taken. Every breath you take. Okay. Uh, let's this, go around the circle. Start with Nick. I mean, obviously, like everybody knows the song. Heard it. You know, remember it from when I was a little kid, like from movies. You know, whatever it may be. It's all right. I like the bridge. Um, you know, it's cool. I think the thing, it's it's hard for me to judge this song because it's one of those, like, uh, when we Hang on. Talk- when you say the bridge, which part are you talking about? Everything you take, everything you... No. Um, the, uh, That's more of like a pre-chorus. You're talking about the key change? Without a trace. That's I what I was just singing. You and then I'll see every holiday, every single day. That's what I was singing. Oh. The cadence is a little longer than that. <laughs> it's ba- basically any part that's not the... Yes, there are two parts in the song. Sure. But like, the... Uh, See, if, you're, if we're talking about the same part where it's like a key change and it gets a little like happier, I thought that was the chorus. There's like two choruses in the song. The there's not really a defined one. Every brand you take. The outro? The chorus is the riff, is the verse. That's basically. How, well, I, I didn't really interpret it like that. I, 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 I call that the bridge because they only do it once and it goes from one part to the other. But like, I say that I like that part a lot. Um, the song, like I said, is kind of hard for me to judge uh, just because it's one of those songs that everybody knows and everybody's heard a million times. And I think as a song, it's fine. Um, what I, I, it's it's the cultural significance that like gets me like you know on the side of more like not liking it. Uh, and it's not because it's like popular or anything. I actually kind of hate that it's one of those songs that's like a, that's like a messed up love song. It's like, yeah, it sounds sweet and nice, but wait till you listen to the lyrics. If you actually listen to the lyrics, but it's one of those songs that everybody knows that about. So it's extra fucking annoying. <laughs> like it's like, and then, and then it's worse because there are people who but, don't know that okay. and they'll use it as like their wedding first dance song. And people will be like, if only they knew what that song was about. And I hate both those parties so much, but for real, <laughs> but for real, like, 
it's a really it's a 50s it's just messed up it's a 50s corporation with like the lyrics are kind of spooky like and there's no tongue-in-cheekness to it and that's what makes it actually like kind of haunting yeah yeah sting kind of had a knack for that with this one and don't stand so close to me where i mean you can make fun of me all you want nick but like you hear the song and it's you know it's just a pop song but then you read into the lyrics or you just pay attention to just one line and, and you're like oh dark yeah this is I, not you know a happy song i think i put this later for our um overall <laughs> it's big sister music <laughs> that you can actually listen to and it's actually kind of cool mm, okay i can see that it's like oh my big sister listens to this but my aunt legitimately did listen to this so, yeah, yeah exactly it's aunt music but then it's like i never thought it was oh cool, she though. doesn't even know i never thought it was cool though there's a lot of fricked up stuff on that song <laughs> dude if you actually like listen to what it's about though it's actually punk this this is this is a song i think this is the best one on the album I feel like i'm getting triggered <laughs> this song is kind of subtly genius like this is this is i think one of the bi- like one of the best radio hits ever i i love this song max i'm gonna i'm gonna do you one better this is actually one of my favorite songs ever you know what i would probably agree with you thank you the what it's i was just singing classic is what it is what i was just singing earlier the the intro guitar line when they you know they do it twice and then he adds one note that's like a step down before he goes back up to playing the normal notes. I love it so much. It's so cool. Um, it's a, it's a doo wop ballad with some eighties darkness. And I just, I like, yeah, I like how sting sings in like a, you know, kind of like a low soft register, the whole song. I love the, um, the kind of like piano plings. I just, oh, yeah. I love, and, I love this song. And the fact Nick is losing his mind. <laughs> I'm not and losing my mind. I mean, it's fine. That this this track actually works as like a prom dance song, which you're not saying that's cool, but it works on that level, and then two levels down on the it, weird it has stalker a, level. It's got a lot of crossover appeal. Yeah, crossover appeal, and I, it's actually really good. I like, dare say, it just this is a perfect song. I agree with Max. This song is like when I listen to this album, I'm like. You know, I'm like got my fist up, and I'm like every breath you take, I can hear that in like 25 minutes. I Let's honestly, go. I think Synchronicity Two for me is a closer <clears throat> to a perfect song. That is more of a like rock song that has everything for me. This that's, is that's actually and I know we're talking about Synchronicity Two again, but that's actually kind of surprising for me to hear you say because that song doesn't really have like a chorus, which is <laughs> kind of funny. No, but it's got. I don't know. I like the way that it transitions from minor to major. I forgot with that. I kind of forgot to bring that up when we were talking about the song, but I I was like, that's weird that it's such a big hit and it didn't really have like a chorus. I think the oh, that's a hook, Mm -hmm. and that's a hook. The guitar line's like a a hook, I guess. It's constant hook. Yeah, it's just. Hook, hook, hook. It's just the way it's structured is not the traditional like radio song. Every breath song. you take doesn't have a chorus. Yeah, we just this, went over that. The, the, yeah, there, dun, there's dun, no. Dun, 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 dun. That's what everybody knows. These guys and don't then... write like traditional pop songs, but they are pop songs. Yeah, that's one of the things I really like about this song is there's no like defined chorus. How I hear it is like the key change part, 
is like the first chorus and then the outro where he's just kind of the backing vocals every breath you take and it just keeps going that's like a second chorus outro to me mm-hmm. um also this i i think i said it earlier but this is one of the only ones where he's not like super layered vocals that's it's one just reason one sting he just sounds great on this song he sounds really good yeah it's he's good at I don't know. He's good at staying in his register and just kind of owning it, you know? Nick? Yeah. I, I mean, Nick I'd probably say this is... I've said, I've said what I wanted to say about this one. All right. I, I, said I, I, can, I can say even more good things about this song. I could repeat the same five things I've said about this song for a while because I love it so much, but I'm not gonna. I, I love it a lot, too, and I'm, I'm going to gush about it a little bit more. Uh, Me and Dennis might kiss a little later. Yeah, I think I think the instrumental of the song and the arrangement are perfect. I don't think there's a damn thing wrong with it. And, it's a nice uh, wet guitar. Yeah, um, that shit's dripping. Like so, for me, uh, when the verses come back after the first like chorus part with that key change and those piano hits come in, that sh- that shit's perfect. It sends you off. Yeah, that. I start crumping when I hear that, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's there's a lot of hooks in this song um there's like some really subtle uh keyboard chords um that also come in uh on that verse after that first chorus part key change part uh the backing vocals sound great on the outro a lot of this shit i don't even know if i like really noticed or paid attention to but that's i I don't know how good my remaster is to what you guys are listening to but everything's like super duper clear that's a, for I, I would say a strength to it is that it's something that even though it's your big sister's favorite song yeah the shit that like you can keep going back to it and hearing other stuff it's just interesting music yeah i'll never get tired of hearing that song with the way it opens up with that snare hit i'm on fucking cloud nine buddy <laughs> no oh I guess it, as soon as that like that that step up riff comes in i kiss it it's a perfect song King of Pain. That's it. Oh, yeah, it is King of Pain. Okay. This is a weird one. Um, I really like the quiet part, the intro the most, um, and I like the outro the most, but everything in between feels really long for me. <laughs> the verses are really funny on this one. They make me laugh. There's a uh, little black spot light? on the sun today. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think it's... Uh... It's nice, but boring. I, I think, think it's a little repetitive. I think this song's mm-hmm. great. I think having this song come in right after every breath you take is a real gut punch, real kick in the dick, you know? It's like, won't somebody end this man's misery? Why? Because he's the king of pain? Do you, do you just not pay attention to the lyrics at no, all? No, not really. Okay. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> about, like, he wrote this like when he was getting divorced, right? Yeah. He was suffering, man. Hmm. It's a it's a fucking good song. I think the verses are really funny. I think the chorus is. Are there words boring. in this song? <laughs> there, there are words. I think he does say "King of Pain" a couple times. It does that. <laughs> king of Pain. I will be King of Pain. I like this song. This is a fun song. I think it's good. It does that stereotypical reggae thing where 
they cut out and you're like, oh, you thought it was over? And then yeah, if I it's a false back, ending. It's great. I hate that. Okay. But then, well, but then you get the cool transition where the the final chorus, where like I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, is that a key change? What's going on here? It just I, uh, sounds cooler. I've had written electro reggae in my notes, and I don't know what that means. I hear it. I don't. I don't really hear any reggae in this one. You a little bit reggae. The, a little bit in the verses. Not not. If as you much. like this shit a lot, you. I don't think you would like reggae, but you maybe could be able you to You should listen. Uh, two years ago, Sting and Shaggy did a collab. <laughs> no. I'm Is good. Is that real? <laughs> yeah, that's real. Oh, my God. He's just, he's scraping. <laughs> Sting and Shaggy? <laughs> it's called like two 44. Two years ago, too? Like, not even like in either of their prime. <laughs> it's called like 44 slash 188. Mm-hmm. And the cover is them sitting on motorcycles. It's pretty cool. I'm going to stay away from that. That makes me think uh, that they're cool. It's going to be your Christmas present. Uh, am I the only one that really loved this song? Like I said, I like the core. I like the the intro where it's like quiet, you know, Sting is singing, singing softly. Yeah, there's a good build-up intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I really like the, the final chorus. The final chorus is fantastic. I really love making fun of the verses and singing different words to them. Can you give us a good example? Well, I like what I did at the beginning. <laughs> um, when I told when I told Elena and I was even I was like, I'm going to talk about the police with my friends today. <laughs> I think it's fine. I don't know. It's it's not like a standout to me. It, it is to me. I, I I would argue that it's one of the top three songs on the album. Um, there's a there's a good like breakdown part where it's just drums and piano. After the guitar solo, it's also really good. I think this is, I mean, this is as close to a perfect song as Synchronicity 2 to me. This is in my list of good songs. There you go. It, That's there all it is. Here. That That's does all it. That's all we need. That's all you got to know about this one, boys. So, wrapped around your finger, mm-hmm. the next track. Yeah. I like this song a lot, too. It's kind of, uh, structurally, it's kind of the same thing as King of Pain, uh, where it starts with a nice, moody intro. Um, it's a very you know, sexy intro. It, I love the intro to this one. I do like the way this one creeps on the verses. Yeah, it's kind of spooky. It's got that creepy reggae feel yeah. to it. And then you know, This one's probably up. the most like direct reggae song. That's what I, I said. The most reggae. It's also one of the most big sister yeah, and this is the most like pure love song. This is a prom dance. That's a weird really? take on this song. Now the chorus is very prom dancey. Yeah, I think the the chorus is honestly the, like the the thing about this song that I don't like. It's like it's so stereotypical that time to me. I I do like the verses on this one. This is actually one of the ones that's on my good list. Like I I like those verses a lot. I like like I said how it kind of like creeps in and like thumps around mm-hmm. it's pretty cool thumps yeah around. but um mm. but yeah i i don't really um i don't really like the chorus on this one that the chorus actually takes me out of it i, I was like oh this is a cool song and then but, the chorus but like, eh. but how did you feel about the role reversal on the final chorus hey, it's fine i mean like <laughs> I, I, I don't know i like is I said, this a I, lyric thing i missed Oh, like when yeah. no, no. It's it's less the 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 lyric approach and whatnot, and more just like how the how the music is structured. Well, did he say I got her wrapped around my finger? Yeah, he yeah. says you'll be wrapped around You're, my finger, and oh. it's kind of like a key change 
you know, and the course is a little like bigger, more epic. It's great. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he's only done that like seven times in this album so far. So, you know, it's hey, no, is it a key change? Listen, just saying stuff. Is it? It's a key change. I don't. I don't remember that being a key change. I don't remember a key change. He seems different. I just want to yeah. say a key change always gets me going. Um. So we're back, and there was no key change. <laughs> <laughs> the The only bad thing I have to say about this song is the specific part where he says, "Off in college." I hate that part. I hate that part so stupid. What What, what do you he think this song's about? Too. A lot of Sting lyrics uh, have really dumb fucking rhymes. Yeah, I just I don't like the part where he says knowledge they won't teach you in college or something he, like that. There's a lot of like really that actually questionable. pulled me out of it, and I went. Yeah, there's well, there's questionable rhymes on this album. In uh, "Walking in Your Footsteps," when he rhymes "atomic bomb" with "dumb," like, <laughs> come on, um, dumb. So, dumb. what I think this song is about is obviously a relationship gone wrong. Um, that it, Sting reverses to kind of get out of the pit of a relationship by the end of the song. You think it's like a romantic relationship? Yeah, I think Sting was in a bad relationship where he was obsessed with the woman and she was very manipulative. And then by the end, he kind of turns the tables and is like, fuck you, bitch. I'm out. Okay. We'll be wrapped around this dick, you know? Uh, okay. Uh, I I first thought this song was about, like, seducing a married college professor. But then the lyrics, like, kind of go off on, like, a bunch of, like, random... Uh, like mythological stuff. Yeah, bro, it's about alchemy. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I looked it up and it's <sighs> it's kind of just like like this is from Sting. It was something like he wrote it with like some mentor of his and something about like tarot cards. What you and, know about transmutation? Shit. Yeah, it was like it's like weird shit like that. And then he was like, oh, and then I just threw in the mythology stuff for good measure. So it's like kind of about something but then it's like just nonsense thrown in i didn't hear any lyrics i know the chorus this is a pure fucking radio song this is pure big sister yes and it's not bad that's a good song i like it it's pretty i think this should have been the uh last song i think the sahara and this one should have swapped and this should be in the last song i don't agree with that especially because this song has a 40 second outro tea in the sahara yeah final track what? Tea yeah, he says in Sahara. He's British. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't like the way he says it. The British you, colonialized. You're being a weird little bitch. I'm being weird. You are. I didn't Nick. like this. You are. You are. You are. I say, Dennis. This is kind of how on. you. This is kind of how you were on the real thing. I'm being weird because I don't like this. In my defense, for the real thing, it was the three of you guys circle jerking over an album that you got in high school that and you're super true. nostalgic over. That is true. So, <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah, and you guys are circle jerking about this. I'm We're the not circle jerking though. Nostalgic. Yeah, we I'm the this for the first time last week. Yeah, last three. Four I mean, I'll ago. come out and say it. I don't like this song. I love it. I like. I wrote down. I like the focus on the bass and the drums, and I like the spacey guitars in the background. Symbol groove. The lyrics are kind of a half of a story. And it's kind of meaningless. I've actually looked this up, like, what it was supposed to be. Yeah. People like, I don't know. It's that book. <laughs> Sting's yeah, like, someone said, it, there's a book, but yeah. it's kind of about it. And yeah. kind of not. Yeah. 
So it's the same way like Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush is like kind of about Wuthering Heights, but right. not really. But this, yeah, the song has no lyrical conclusion. Yeah, it's it's like part of a narrative. Yeah, yeah, I like it though. It's it's fine. There's no, it's there's no like structure. It's just kind of it's it's two just parts back and forth, slowly jammed. Yeah, it's a it's a real chill like closing number. I like it. I, I gotta good. say, it's the not bad. on the compilation that I listened to, I really like this song. Um, but I think its placement as the last song kind of tempered my enjoyment of it. Knowing, thinking this is kind of a weird choice to be the finale. I thought "Murder by Numbers" was the last, and I think that works better. Like, like I said, I think uh, Wrapped Around Your Finger would have been a really good um, way to cap off the album. It but, should have ended with Synchronicity 2. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. If you just switched Tea in the Sahara with Synchronicity 2. That would also be really good. I think yeah. start, yeah, start with Synchronicity 1, end with Synchronicity 2. It's yeah. a sandwich. I yeah. think you're too smart. <laughs> I'm also the only blonde one in here. That so is true. about that. That is true. I'm the only bald one, though. So. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, should we move on to Murder by Numbers? or Nick, you Nick. didn't like that bass guitar in <laughs> the Sahara? <laughs> What'd you think about the rhythm section? You don't, th- you don't think he's a pretty fucking good bass player? Sting? Sting. He's great, dude. Are you not hearing it? The bass. Yeah, Sting, d- the, bass. the bass. That's the best part of this album. <laughs> uh, you with your Joey DeMaio's and... No. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think Sting's a good bass player. Not on this album, really. But really? I think he's okay. He's competent. I think the bass is the lead instrument. This is for later, but... No. Dude... All right, whatever. Fun fact. <laughs> no, I, I, you don't have to get mad just because I, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. Hey. Let's talk about this and our overall thoughts. Okay, okay, just real quick. Fun fact. Sting played oboe on this song. Really? That's incredible. He's a great musician. God, I love Sting! Get yeah, stung, stung, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> all um, right. Murder by Numbers. Got a cool lounge atmosphere. I think the this is actually the best guitar song on the album, if it counts. I love the instrumentation this, to this this song. The the shit the guitar is playing is like weirdly, uh, weirdly technical. I like it in the verses when he picks apart the chords and like yeah plays those weird notes that's it's the whole thing is weird chords this one is a co-write between sting and andy summers so let me kind of i can kind of hear that yeah you can hear this is the jazziest so it's almost pure jazz jazziest i thought this was the most reggae sounding one this is not reggae this is i got i got mostly jazz like the way he's the way he sings is definitely the most sting reggae on this song because he gives that Sesame Street bullshit. I thought Sting sounds horrible on this song. 
Yeah, yeah I don't hard. love the vocals. I would say this is his worst vocal. Listen, he sounds rough. I, it's a B-side. I, the first time I listened to this song, I went, this is dumb. And the second time I listened just to the guitar, and I went, damn, this is cool. He's like, it, the shit he's playing is like, you could tell it's a guy looking at the neck going, brow, 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 bring, playing weird chords. Hey, the guitar is the best part of this song for sure. I mean, but the, um, I think it's the, really the only, I don't know, the only great part of this song. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But it makes it a very good song just how good it is it, it does kind of suck that this album ends on sting saying a b c d e well <laughs> yeah no, <that's laughs> Dude, wait the I, first time the first time goes, oh one two three <laughs> <laughs> the first uh the first time that he does that a b c d e and, he, and, and then at the very end if you hear it he goes he goes uh e but i thought he said f <laughs> At the end, <laughs> like you just e- throwing it in. E- F. F G. H I. And full full disclosure, full disclosure. The first e- time I heard this oh, song. Oh god, the X Y Z. <laughs> full disclosure too. It, that <laughs> counts to one hundred too. <laughs> one hundred and three. Full disclosure, the first time that I heard this song, I was really hating it. So when I heard him, when I thought he said F at the end, I was like, fuck you. God damn. <laughs> I was like, this sucks. I, I got an eye roll when he went to E. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, like you said it best. It's some Sesame Street nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll say I'm I'm happy that this track was not on my version of the album and I didn't have to listen to it. I heard it like twice when I checked it out on Spotify and it's there's obvious reasons why this is a B-side. Yeah, I think no matter what way you slice it whether or not you like this song or not, it's a bad closer. Yes. Yeah. Like even if you like it. This it's a better it's a better closer than whatever it was. Tea, tea in the Sahara? Sahara? Yes. No. I didn't even like Tea, this, yeah. tea in the Sahara and I think that that's a better closer to be honest with you. I think this song would have been fantastic as an instrumental placed halfway through this would have been the great gap between the a and the b side hmm. this is almost exactly the what was the extra closer on faith no more edge, edge of, the of the world it was yeah. a, a weird lounge, a weird song. lounge song yeah I, I noted that too but yeah i don't know I, I think the guitar in that song makes it better than a lot of the songs on this album i, I i'll have to check it out again to like it it's just it's on just like the, an odds and ends the chords of it and the way he's playing yeah, yeah the guitar is definitely the, the saving grace of the song I, like I said I, I think it's probably the only thing that I really liked about the song alright I guess that that wraps up the tracks then that wraps up the tracks yeah I, w- I honestly I think that wraps up the tracks okay the tracks and thank you for joining us for the tracks section now we're gonna move into Overall good. Overalls. good. Yeah. Going through my notes for overall good. I think this album does a really good job of writing the line between simplicity and progressive. And I think in a way that nothing had done before. And I think that's where the magic of it comes in. It's pop music, but it's it is very uh it's deep and it's not sim- simply structured. 
I, I to add on to that, this sounds like an album that came out like three or four years later than it did. I mean, the fact that this is this this stuff was written in 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 1981, 1982 is kind of crazy. Yeah, um, I, I, it's very forward thinking music. I think it's forward thinking some of it even today. Like it's it's some of it is really I don't know. It's jazzy, lush. Um, really interesting music that happened to become big sister music you know what i mean like a lot of this album is kind of the 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 blueprint for for new wave and post-punk in the 80s well i mean that already existed years before this i think beyond that it was the blueprint for and i know that the kind of stuff i listen to is like 70s music but a lot of those bands like like i've already said rush and genesis Mm -hmm took this and that became their sound of the 80s yeah they they simplified they streamlined police was the band that that took that the weird complex stuff and turned it into something really simple crossover potential crossover potential that's what i'm saying yeah i can definitely hear rush like uh signals and hold your fire and stuff they were they were very inspired by this kind of it's new wave, but it's rock. It's, yeah, it's driving. The bass is is floating all over the place, and the guitar's doing almost backup. You know, and it's I don't know. It's I think uh, some really top notch musicianship, but they're never like showing off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of shredding all over the place, they're all kind of just making a song, Nick. What is it? Go on. Okay. Good lord. <laughs> Go on, Brett. He's just making faces. I can't even look at him. Brett, please continue. I was agreeing with everything you were saying. Every yeah, everyone is. I'm gonna look to this direction of the room. It's fine. I'm not trying to be mean. <laughs> I um I have thoughts about staying. <laughs> but I think the bass guitar in this is incredible. I think it's the lead instrument even beyond the vocals uh the vocals are not perfect but i think he's got a really good sense of harmony and obviously he writes some incredible choruses yeah the guitar is like i said a backup instrument that fills in the spaces between the drums and the bass which is pretty rare and that's probably a new wave thing Mm -hmm. that's kind of not a genre i really listen to but in this sense, uh, in this context, I think it's incredibly well done. It just kind of adds effect and texture. And then, obviously, the drums are, you know, perfect. So, overall, I think this is pop music with a lot that you can dig into if you want. And... Like I said earlier, it's big sister music that's actually really good. And that's my good. The, okay. police, the police being described as big sister music is just... <laughs> it totally not, is. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's prom music. Nick. Yeah, for the good, um, the production <laughs> is really clean. Uh, the instrumentation, I think all of them are really good musicians, good at what they do. 
they certainly know what they're doing. Uh, the guitar is very tasteful. I like all the effects and whatnot, and that's um, even though some of that stuff was happening a bit before this record came out, it obviously this record's a big reason as to why that sound uh, exploded into so many bands. Um, I read that he was real big on the uh, the chorus effect. Yeah, well, and you know, guitar. and I'm not like particularly big on that sound in particular or like the genres that utilized it a lot after this but there's something to be said for how much it influenced it um and uh i like the uh uh stuart copeland's um kind of use of I, i'd prefer to call him a uh, percussionist as opposed to a drummer just because of the different stuff that he does on like some of the songs even as songs that i don't like like walking in your footsteps i like what he does like with the percussion he gets pretty creative with it um but yeah that's about all I have to say. Good. Okay. Uh, for my overall good, I'd say the production is essentially perfect for me. Um, I mean, f for an album from 1983, uh, I really can't n name one that has better production than this. Um, it does a good job of staying away from, like, the overly gated, reverb-heavy, like, drum sound that the 80s are known for. Uh, everything's very tasteful. Um, both the guitar and the bass guitar i think the tone the tone is great i mean i don't have a really bad thing to say about it um the musicianship on the album is i mean it's top notch for me uh there's not a single bad note or idea on the whole album in my opinion um the thing that really surprised me about this album um was how consistent and good the vocals were from sting um i feel like he kind of dialed back that caribbean accent that reggae is known for that's always been a real <laughs> problem with me listening to the police because a british white guy doing that accent is just kind of in bad taste i had a note in here that just said sting's accent is it offensive <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a headline yeah um i'm sure there are articles about that yeah i wonder what modern day sting thinks about that he he dials it back here and i really appreciate it um the album's really well paced in my opinion there's a lot of variety among the songs and i really like that um i i feel like you could make a case for like six maybe seven out of the nine songs to be the best on the album um i mean i have my own personal favorite but there's a lot of really great songs on here in my opinion and uh yeah maxwell um <clears throat> Most of my, my thoughts are kind of parroting, you know. The the instrumentation is fantastic throughout. Um, performances are great. Um, not, a, not a huge fan of Sting's voice unless he's singing softly. Um, I also thought the production was good. I definitely thought it sounded a little dated. It sounds very early 80s to me. Um, you know, kind of thin. There's quite a... I mean, it's definitely not bad, but it sounds like a product of the times. Um Yeah, I don't I don't really have a lot to add that hasn't been said already besides I just you know I thought the the guitar work and the drum work and the bass work was all fantastic. So um I will say my my uh two favorite songs, Synchronicity 1, Every Breath You Take. And then past that, I love Miss Gradinko and uh King of Pain. Great choices, Max. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Me?
Moving on. Award-winning section. The bad. The bad. The bad. <laughs> what can I say? There's a few duds on here. Walking in your footsteps. Total dud. <laughs> I drew a thumbs down on my notes next to the song. <laughs> Mother, kind of a dud. I don't, I, I get well, what they were trying to do. Let me ask you something. If walking in your footsteps was done by the Beach Boys, what would you feel? I would have said <laughs> this out. This, it's perfect this track added and it's lo- amazing. This track added a lot of texture to this album. Yeah. Is what I would have said. Because this song's very childlike, and if it was the Beach Boys performing it, it would of probably. Of course. I'm not yeah. saying I hate it. Okay. But I'm saying I'm not a police fan. This is just something smacked in the middle of this album. There is what a, do you mean smack in the middle? It's right at the beginning. I, I feel like I get what you're trying to say there, Dennis, but uh, I feel like there is a line to draw on things that we are uh, into and familiar with as this opposed is, to something like this where we were all kind of Mother like experiencing is, it were, technically kind of for the first su- time as a whole. If you're like, a super fucking yeah. police fan, you'll go, no, you don't understand what Stuart Copeland was saying. Yeah. I, this is what he, th- no, this is what he was going through with his mom at the time. It was Andy Summers. This, this is what Andy Summers was, and it's him singing, and you get to hear his beautiful voice. I, I will say, uh, I, I will say people, people do say shit like that in reviews, because I looked up a ton of reviews trying to find a negative one that I could, like, relate to. <laughs> exactly. And, uh. All the reviews that I found were like, I know that everybody talks bad on Mother, but you know, it has its place on the album and it does this thing. And like, so there is some validity to that. Um, I mean, like, yeah, it works for a lot of police fans. I think. And I, I get that. If you take <laughs> if you take one big step back from the album and look at it, and Mother's in the middle, you go, there's some weird shit on this. And that's the point of it, I think. You go, this is there's some weird shit on this. Um, so is that song like actually something personal for Andy Summers or is he doing like yeah, a Norman it's about Bates his, thing? Yeah, it's about his mom. Really? Mm-hmm. That's weird. I took it as like a Norman Bates type thing where he's just being like kind of kooky. Yeah, I, I have no clue. Um, I do want to add, uh, rolling back to the good, I, d- I don't want to say I'm proud of them, but I think it was, like I said earlier, it was very bold to include this song because um, it's so fucking weird and heavy and this is a very soft pop rock album uh to have something so like experimental and heavy was just you know yeah i'm kind of bold i'm kind it's bold but i'm kind of putting it in my bad still well i I don't i don't like the song but like i said i i I think it's i think it's it was impressive that they took the chance yes i get that and i get why it's here i'm still gonna put it in bad because it's not a good song it's not fun it's to not. listen to. Disagree. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> hey, Nick, uh, would you put your mother on the phone? Let's see. Yeah, there's nothing else bad. There's After after Synchronicity 2, it becomes prom music, is what I'm going to say. So, would you say that side one is better than side two? Is Synchronicity 2 the beginning of side two? No. No, it's the end of side one. Oh, then yeah. Okay. Synchronicity, yeah, side two then is weak. I think side two is better. Yeah, I, well, can I agree? I think from uh, from Miss Gradinko to uh, Wrapped Around Your Finger, I think that's the high point of the album. Is that kind of that run? So I would agree with, with old Dindle. 
That's kind of that's a lot of side one though too. Anyways, uh, white reggae voice. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Is it offensive? <laughs> We're gonna write an article about this. Let's let's get some callers in. Um, I don't know. Sting is. I I think he's a good singer. I don't think he's technically great, and I think he's honestly pretty fucking pretentious and annoying. Oh yeah. Will yeah, you I tell think. your um wine prince story? Yeah. Later, please. I'll do that. I'm, we're on the bad, right? <laughs> this is a bad one. Yeah. This has been leading up to it. Okay. I'm going to preface with Sting. Uh, I've recently found out is a really fucking incredible musician. He's a phenomenal bass player, songwriter, pretty good singer. Um, I was watching some like PBS or it was some travel show thing where they went to visit Sting. Sting apparently lives in a castle in Italy, like a literal castle. And Sting comes out of his castle and and they're talking about the castle and he's like, mm, "Well, yes, I I bought it for a song." <laughs> and then I went, "Oh man, Sting kind of fucking does suck. <laughs> You're like, oh man, I think I hate this dude. And they went into his cellar, and he was showing him all of his wine, and he's like, this one's called Roxanne. <laughs> this one's called Every Breath. And this one's a good 87. You know, he was, he's, he's a true, loves the smell of his own farts. <laughs> fucking douchebag. Huh. He's he's just I don't know the richest no clue about humanity person that there could ever be. Hmm. Okay, I don't really know much about Sting's personal life, but he does sound quite quite the douche. I think he he likes himself a lot. I gotta say, as a kid, I always mixed up Sting and Seal. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> I know. Those are the most different people. <laughs> I know. I thought you were going to say Sting and Bono, and then I was going to be like, oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Sting and Seal. Okay. So, that yeah, that was one of my points. Pretentious. I think I think some of his pretentiousness rubs off in this music, and Nick is not in his head. It's this, this is the first motion I've seen from Nick this whole time. What? No way. The other time was when I said, incredible musicianship, but they don't show off. And you went... Oh, <laughs> I heard you shake your head. No, he said, he said little Nicky mad. Um, and my main bad point for this whole thing, mm -hmm. the pretentious thing that that doesn't count against. Yeah, it kind of counts against the music. But this is the main thing. A lot of this shit is too repetitive. A lot of these songs are two parts over and over and over. Mm hmm. And a, a few of the songs are really interesting and really deep, but half of them are verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge thing. That's chorus. Pop. That's pop music. It's pop music. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and they use interesting chord progressions and like, it's not, it's not dumb, but it's basic. Half of this shit is basic and it's, it's, 
it really fucking loses me a lot of the time. That's what's hard with, uh, uh, you know, music in general is when you're trying to write an album, you want everything to sound similar, but not sound the same, you know, because it's got to all fit together. But especially with this kind of music too, it's like, how do you write verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus without it all sounding the same song? Um, and but you I can think... tell you can tell the that they really thought about it because, you know, Synchronicity Two could be on a prog rock album, and then Every Breath You Take could be on a, you know, besides the lyrics, it could, it could be a on soft a, rock song. It could be on a album from the fifties. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they know what they're doing, and they they were channeling this weird jazz fusion shit into pop music and I think sometimes they went too far into pop music and it you know it it just became boring to me I think I think that's ultimately why they broke up yeah because they were just becoming a pop act and none of them really wanted to do that I'd really like to hear the police like in an alternate timeline where they kind of uh, went fully into um, you know all their influences without trying to appease radio hits, you know, I just, mean, just quite how weird it would be. I haven't, like I haven't heard that. early police albums. So, I mean, maybe that's more up that alley. I have no idea. Listen to fucking soft machine. Bruh. I, I will say, um, to your point about the songs being repetitive, I'll slightly defend it, but then back and compliment it. Um, the, uh, so I will give them credit in the fact that even in the songs that are just like two parts kind of back to back, they do incorporate some variation, um, usually like towards the end. However, I do think that the variation is very uninspired and kind of stereotypical, but I do think there's a point to be said that they, they did think about it a bit and make it a bit more interesting. But to me, I don't think they went far enough. I feel like it, yeah, these are. I mean, these are guys that could write complex. Shit. Yeah, and they don't. Obviously, you don't have to write complex shit, but you don't have to write A B A B A B C B. Yeah. That's that's big sister music, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of sucks. Yeah, I feel like um, one of my points kind of well that leads into one of my points at least about how the album is to me. You know how I talked about how the main song that I knew on this album was Synchronicity 2 going into it. And I'd obviously heard Every Breath You Take, but I wasn't really thinking of that one. And when I first heard Synchronicity 1, I was like, oh, this is what I'm getting into. Like, this is going to be cool. It's kind of deceptively structured in that way. And, like, I feel like, you know, it's fine. Um, You know, I'm not saying an album can't be varied, obviously. I love varied albums. But I feel like, to put it in plain terms, the variation sucks and is inconsistent on this album we, to me. Walking in Your Footsteps should not have been the second song. No. <laughs> I don't think it should have been a song. But <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's, it's almost a song. I like I, it. I agree with Nick. This it's is... not like... It shouldn't be right the fuck in the front. I, I, don't, I don't really mind it. This should be like... Maybe at the end of side one, like, oh, this is a weird little transition or... So, you know, See, as, know, as much as I listen, an interlude, as much as I listen to this album, 
in preparation for this, I never really uh, toyed with the idea of changing the track listing or anything like I normally would. And I think that's probably because I only liked like two of the 11 songs. So, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, just saying, just being honest about it. I mean, like the only thing that I really thought structurally was how Murder by Numbers is a terrible closer. Yeah, but it's not really the closer, so. I know, but I'm just saying. So, going to your bad. Um, okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, no. <laughs> but, okay, um... First of all, I got to talk about the vocals just a little bit, um, even though we already have a bit. They're, they're super high in the mix, and for the most part, to me, no matter what accent he is doing, it's annoying. Um, just, just not a fan of Sting and his vocals, especially. Um, you don't even not even the big like call and response harmonies, like synchronicity. I think he sounds good on synchronicity too. What about his mostly kind of softer notes on every breath you take? I just don't really like that song. I think he's fine on it. Um, okay. I feel like his his uh, pompous attitude infects this for me. You can and hear then, it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I wasn't and, sure because I I could hear it, but I've also seen it. And and I know that this is this is definitely against everything that all of you guys have said. But to me, I think the opposite of you Brett I think the bass feels like an afterthought comparatively think, to everything else that he's done poo-poo? that's so how so the most let me the let me bass is leading every one of these songs I disagree I think that on the on the tracks where he does kind of like the classic cut through bass lines that would be more reminiscent of like their reggae material it's kind of like the thing that like keeps the reggae element like in this album if it if it's there at all you know i mean which comparative to from what i understand at least this is like the least reggae album of any police album that's been i guess but um i noticed like i i got excited like for uh example like when oh my god started i was like oh we gotta cut through reggae style baseline okay cool and he doesn't vary it like at all like it's just the line over and over again and to me that's the most boring shit you could do like yes it's prominent and maybe it sounds good as a line that's that's that is the half of the songs that are a b a b a b that he's not varying shit but shit like synchronicity too that's like in the more rock stuff i mean like yeah he does some uh, not even that, but what's the what's the murder by numbers? That shit is is where they're walking around each other, and they're actually playing like interesting chords. To me, how I hear that song in particularly, I feel like Stewart is walking around Sting. There's no intertwining there to me. I I just coming from my mind, and maybe it's because you know I'm so. I'm not, and I'm not You're by an incredible. Yeah, no. Well, say it. No, no, no. Say I'm it. not saying that. I'm saying how it works in my mind. <laughs> like, I would want him to do more. And and I'm not saying that he can't. I mean, he's doing more than any bass player. He's doing more than 99 percent of bass players ever ever do. And you 
for the style that he's playing most of the time, it's it's very it feels lazy. See, I would argue that's insane, dude. I would the argue bass that playing he's doing is is so much more than most bass players do. And so much more. I I would argue that like on on where you mentioned uh, like oh my god, that to me. I mean, it might be because I'm not one of the you know world's top ten bass players, but um, let me let me be clear real quick. I think Sting is a good bass player. I think he's great. You just don't like the the notes and the patterns. I think on this album he was lazy as shit about it. See, and that to me, to me, when it's you know it's a rock or a pop song, I think he drove um, every one of these songs. You get kind of like a simple bass line, and that carries the song you know, for the rhythm section. And then there's the ones where it's a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more progressive or there's a little more intricate. Then, I mean, in a simple, you know, funk reggae song, like, oh my God, you don't want uh, nine different bass lines. I think having just one or two that kind of flows throughout the song, that's what gets you that kind of driving, that's, uh, you know, that's that's what makes your foot tap. That's what makes your head nod to it. You can drive I, and I totally keep the point. I totally agree with Max. You can drive and keep the point while varying and doing interesting things. He, I think he... And that's what most people who play those genres try to do. That's all I'm saying. I think... Uh, I, I think some of the lines are good. I think he drives and owns most of these songs and I don't know I, I, I don't know if you, you obviously just disagree I, I, I just do I mean like I'm not trying to be disrespectful about it I that's, just mean like that's, that's, how, that's how that's how that's the that's, musicianship but they're not he's not trying to go I'm not saying he has to showboat he's playing the fucking groove but the the bass groove is the song most of the time. I mean, fair enough. That's boring to me. I mean, I, I, can, I can respect that. I do find it surprising that uh, you found the bass playing so lackluster, but... I wanted more, I guess. I think it's more than most bass players do. Not if you listen to that style that he's trying to do. I... I don't listen to reggae, and I'll just say, as as a pop album, his bass playing, I, I don't have a bad thing to say about it. I think he's tasteful the whole time, and I, I wouldn't change anything about it. I just think he didn't think about it that much. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think it's fucking wonderful bass playing. Yeah. I, I can't I think it's competently played. hearing that and going, eh, eh, I don't like that. That's fucking awesome. It's just great, groovy fucking... Basin. I think also I think we're we're in circles on this. Yeah. So let's go do you have more bad? Yeah. <laughs> of course <laughs> he does. Sure. <laughs> um I mean this kind of just goes I mean it, beyond uh the whole like pompous sting thing, I think that the album as a whole, uh has that aura about it that it like really wants you to think that it's like clever and smart and I just don't feel like it really is. I think that a lot of the 
I mean, and this sucks to say. I don't. I don't want to fucking say this like this, but like, if you find value in something like this, that's great. And I don't <laughs> want to like diminish that for you, but it does absolutely not work for me. I feel like it's just to me. It, it like I said, it feels like it, it wants to be smarter than it is. That's how it comes off to me. I'll tell I mean, you. And I'm not saying that people who like it are fucking idiots or whatever. You know, it's it's like, like I said, anybody can find value in any form of art. That's fine. It just it just does not speak to me at all. And it comes on like that level of like, just like, shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, I don't know how to say it other than that. My very first listen, listening to it, and it was like, you know, track two or three. And it's like, oh, this is like kind of a happy major scale kind of song oh but oh these lyrics are kind of spooky like he's singing about some dark shit and the next song was like the same thing see that shit makes me and roll the next my song eyes. it was the same thing you know and then the prime example is every breath you take yeah it's like, like i said earlier about that song yeah but that's not you know that's that was a new thing then not not that that's I don't think it was a new thing. But I mean, like I, I said, if it works they did it and they <laughs> became the most successful. Yeah, it works for so many people. They were like the fucking biggest band in the world for us. So what the fuck do I know? Like what am I talking about? I'm just saying like it just, it doesn't work for me, you know? Like I mean Fair. That's fine, Nick, and you're not being a dickhead about it because Eventually, there's gonna be an album one of you guys pick, and I'm just gonna fucking rip into well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna like, show no mercy. I made the joke the last so. time. I made the joke in the last episode that we did about like you know we should change the name of the show to "Who's gonna be the asshole this week?" You know, I mean, like <laughs> yeah. so. I mean, like I I kind of knew going into this that it was gonna be me. I didn't think that. I honestly didn't think that all of you guys would like it so much. But no, <laughs> I thought I was gonna be the asshole. But I. I just, I, you know, I know I've been burying the lead this whole time, but I just didn't like this, guys. <laughs> you know, but I really don't like that you wait until the eleventh hour to reveal that. I just thought, I thought the, you were loving this. I the thought whole you time. love all the bass guitar. <laughs> no, but you know, like I said, I mean, it, there is nothing wrong with with like it, this was obviously like such a big album for so many people, and it probably led them to all of our big sisters. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and for a lot of people, like not just you know the general populace who play every breath you take is their first song at their wedding. Like, you know, a lot of people like teenagers at this time, I'm sure grew up and they were like, they're like, fuck, like these guys are like musicians, you know? And like, and that, pro that influenced a shit ton of people, I'm sure. And, and I don't want to it influence rush. And I don't want to take away from that at all. Like, or say that those people are stupid for liking this because let's be honest. Like, once we get down the line and you start seeing some of the things that I really like or find value in, you'll probably be like, yeah, Nick's stupid as shit. But, you know, like the, like I said, this doesn't work for me, man. And, and it just, it, it, the, I'll, I'll go into this more in my overall, but Dennis. Uh, yeah, for my negatives, um, I, I really don't have a whole lot to say. Um, I think Mother's a great song, but it sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, Mother. <laughs> Dennis, do you like swans? No. Hmm. I think that is some of the most pretentious shit I've What's ever heard. Swans? swans is a band. Well, they're birds, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> what swans? Swans were kind of one of the progenitor, 
progenitors of uh like industrial like post hardcore weird stuff but you wouldn't like it just trust I, me let me just tell you i heard a Does swan it sound song like foreigner i heard a, a swan bit. song i liked it i bought the album it's from it's the seer if you ever heard that dennis that's a newer one yes it is about two hours long one song is 30 minutes of uh, about violin screeching with some singing at the end and i was real upset when i got that album i would be too it is art rock to the extreme it is like drinking your own pee art rock (laughs) you just don't understand the taste but the reason i brought it up is because swan's first album this sounds like a pop version mother sounds like a pop version of something off of that a pop version of that I can tell that I fucking hate that already. <laughs> hmm. Mother's got a hell of a hook. Huh? Mother? Hell of a hook. Oh, yeah. All right. There's a, there's a hook in there. Um, the whole time that... I, I, mean, I like that kind of music. I mean, it's it sounds like Vandergraaff like Generator or... What you might like Frank Zappa, honestly. I don't, I've heard Frank Zappa. <laughs> I don't like Frank Zappa, dude. I gotta say, going so back and listening changed, to your Frank Zappa rat, rant, cheeseburgers or whatever the fuck he writes, I was like, I was like, this. oh wow, I forgot Dennis went off about I'm, how much you fucking hate Frank Zappa. I I hate him more as a person than a musician. That's kind of how I feel about Sting. Why? He's a fucking idiot. He named Why? his kid Moon Moon Unit or whatever. Because he's wacky. Yeah, it's stupid. He needs a fucking ass whooping. <laughs> You're just too traditional. No. He's just... He's playing the style of music that I would usually enjoy, but he's, like, really pretentious and snobby about, like, how funny he thinks he is. He's not funny. See, that's he why thinks I hate he's Sting, hilarious. but Sting doesn't think he's funny at all. Yeah. Oh, Sting thinks he's the lord of all stings i can i can get behind that more than some <laughs> asshole who thinks he's like the best comedian of all time i am frank zappa Sting. thinks he's hilarious frank zappa's not funny though um all right yeah uh we got really off track uh yeah it's my fault i'm sorry i have to edit some stuff back but um i'm probably gonna cut out like almost that whole section yeah cut so. me out the whole i had time. some good shit um i think mother's a great song but it sticks out like a sore thumb. And there's just one instance in Synchronicity 1. Uh, There's an outro section where there's some horns come in, and I think they're good, but those are so blatantly fake horns. Like, that's obviously a keyboard, and it's a little bit off-putting, and that's literally the only two bad things I have to say about the album. Sync play sax, but not really. He said, put that trumpet away, I can't play it. Well, (laughs) that's the weird thing about it, is he actually did play the saxophone on Oh My God, but they just went with a keyboard sax on this song for some stupid reason. Here's the thing, Dennis. If you've never played an instrument with a reed, all right, day to day, it changes. Okay. Okay. He showed up and the reed was swollen. He said, it's not happening today. It's not happening. Get that bloody sax away from me. Yeah. I can't play it today. That fucking sucks out of the fucking room! <laughs> give, Bring me my wine! Give me my pen flute. We're gonna do walking in your footsteps. <laughs> um, so I guess it's it's my turn to take a steamy dump. Um, 
<clears throat> my bad stuff is kind of mostly the same um like i said uh in the good to the uh flip side of the production the production is very good but to me it sounds extremely early 80s um like just kind of th- i don't want to say thin but just something about it sounds it's very dated sounding to me i can't really you know qualify or it's all the synthesizers no i don't know it's just more kind of just the way the uh where everything is spaced and layered has a very it sounds very 80s to me um i thought most of the lyrics were real goofy most a lot of them are kind of dumb i agree i well i feel like the lyrics are they're like a good balance between like straightforward poppy kind of dumb but then they also get cryptic sometimes i appreciate the balance i agree nick nick is such a weirdo his eyes just his eyes reveal everything he feels we need face cam for this episode say, uh i think they i think the lyrics have a little bit of smartness to them and nick's eyes go no they don't <laughs> how would you act if you didn't like something that we were talking about i would go huh. okay i would say huh. i actually disagree I will. I will say I've it said, is. I've said that I disagree. It's a bit humorous to me. What do you think about the lyrics? You haven't said anything about the lyrics. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, and like kicking the crotch. It's humorous to me that Nick mentioned hearing some like pretentiousness from Sting on this album, but he was literally just talking to me about a band he really loves doing a concept album about like Neolithic era going to Jurassic era and this and that. This is their second one about. Yeah, Paleolithic era. I I don't I'm understand not that I don't like pretentious music, <laughs> and that's a whole other thing. I don't like. I don't see how both of these things could be pretentious. Like this is very blatantly like a pop album, and now we're talking about like high concept stuff. Like only one of those can be pretentious, not both. I think they both can be easily. They're completely different. I would agree with Nick. I think Sting is a little full of himself. In his lyrics on this album, perception and but, the way that you can like make something, just because it sounds a certain way, doesn't mean that the point isn't like somewhat similar. I don't think the point of this album is anywhere near similar to that concept album. I'm not saying that they're similar either. I'm saying though you can that there's not just one like array of things that is like oh yeah these topics are pretentious. Pretentious is a perception of the individual anyway the individual but i'm talking about the music yeah but i'm saying you can think that something is pretentious and someone else doesn't there's not like a surefire line where it's like oh yeah well this stuff is pretentious this stuff isn't i guess at the end of the day it turns out music is subjective and that's what we all learned did we? I think we learned that just now. I think that might actually be the point of this show, is that music is subjective. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to tune in to find out. Um, well, I mean, to, to agree with Dennis a little bit, some of the lyrics, it's mostly the lyrics that, that stand out with their dumbness. Like when he says, uh, the knowledge they won't teach you in college. Um hey mr brontosaurus what lessons have you for us 
Those are the lyrics that just take me out, and I'm like, I'm like, Sting, buddy. Someone should have stopped you. He was doing the, his best. I think the whack ass lyrics are backed up by musicianship that's really solid. But the whack ass lyrics, because the vocals are mixed front and center, really take me out of it. Yeah, I get it. Um, I do get, I I do get the whack ass lyrics. None another, of it made me wince. I can say that. What'd you say? None of the lyrics made me wince or cringe or anything. Even Mr. Brontosaurus. No, they didn't bother me. Oh man, it's a childlike song. I mean, I've I've heard way worse than that. I guess he's heard the Solar System from Beach Boys. Love you. Yeah, I mean, I've listened to the Beach Boys, and Brian Wilson writes pretty similar stuff. Does he write like a kindergartner writing a poem? Yes. Yeah, he writes very childlike. There's like a huge sense he, of wonder to went, the way he writes. He went real dumb. <laughs> yeah. Dumbed up. Yeah, listen to honking down the highway sometime. <laughs> okay. That reminds me of, of Simple Jack when he's like, he's like, my head movies make my eyes rain. <laughs> um, right. And then uh, it's a little hard for me to recall how various song goes, uh, various songs go. Um, like I said, oh my god, is is hard for me to recall. Um, until until I listened to this album probably like the fifth or sixth time. And then because I just heard it so many times I could remember it. Um and then I like I also said earlier, I think Wrapped Around Your Finger should have been the outro. I think the album would have been paced a lot better if that was the last song. Um and uh that's it. Okay. So that was kind of lackluster. So we're going to move into very final thoughts and rankings. And as usual, I have a kind of a different ranking system than these guys. So I'm going to try to, I think, accommodate. We all no. you rank how you rank, Brett. We I all have our high. own. We all have our own way of ranking. I'm going to tr- I'm going to. I'm going to work with your system. No, you do your system. No, because we're not all three exactly the same either, man. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. And I, that's why we have an average. They probably need you to go higher anyway with this one. <laughs> Jesus, Nick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just saying. Shoot. I think this is a great album, an incredible album for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hey, give hey, it. Hey, I would. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm gonna give it a 75. That's a very respectable score. Yeah, I don't know. I that's to me that is, to me that's a C. I would honestly, for me, give it like a B. But you guys, be straightforward. Be confident with your scoring. Don't don't See, try and play like devil's advocate 76. of what like the normal person Knock would it say. Out. 76. This is like in the. You're knocking it up. I'm knocking it up to a 76. All right. In the first episode that I edited, uh, Dennis was giving me shit because, like, with the Deep Purple, I was like, this album is, like, kind of, like, flawless, but I just don't like it. Yeah. Yes, it is that. It is. This is not something I will I will ever put on again. Hmm. That's interesting because you picked it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I picked it because I wanted to hear it. Yeah, he picked okay. it because it was kind of out of his wheelhouse. And I don't dislike it at all. And I think it's really interesting, really well-made music. And 
To someone else, I could understand this being their favorite band. But to me, uh, you know, I'm not going to play this again. Okay. Not in a bad way. I think it's, I think it's good shit. I think it's 76. That's one notch over average. That's a very good score. Nicholas? Dennis, will you promise not to bring up past things that I said or like? I will never <laughs> promise to not call out hypocrisy. But I don't go think, ahead. I don't think what you brought up was hypocritical at all. But What is your favorite hypocrisy album? Is that what we're talking about? I, I don't listen to that band. I, I'm not. I wasn't accusing you of hypocrisy. I, no, I was I know, just saying I know. it was funny. I know what you're. I know what you're saying. I just. It's another conversation. Uh, so yeah, for me, um, you know, like I said, I was burying the lead the whole time. But you know, <laughs> I don't like this. Where have you been? Um, this album to me feels like it's really up its own ass. Um, it wants you to think it's smart, but all the deepness feels very superficial to me uh there's glimmers of interest like i said uh, within the musicianship um even if i feel like they kind of phoned in a lot of the material um i honestly think just from knowing the police hits from other records that there are ones that i would actually like and ones that i would like get into um because most of the songs that i've heard um that weren't on this record i liked more than this one and there were one or two songs that I did really enjoy on this album, but there's only about one that I would ever listen to again. And a lot of it, I actively hated. (laughs) Um, Like I did not like, Uh, although I will say it wasn't like a hate where I'm like, fuck, I got to get through this again. Like I had fun listening to it, but I was more laughing at how shitty I thought it was. Like it was funny, bad to me a lot of the time. Um, (laughs) I know that what that's... was funny bad in this album? Mother? A lot of the vocals. Mother is just one of the worst songs I've ever heard. That's a bad song. Oh, I don't like I've... that song at all. I don't think there's funny bad. I think the vocals make a lot of it really funny bad. Really? Yes. All right. But, uh, yeah, for a quote-unquote classic album, this is extremely underwhelming for me. Uh, you know, things that i do enjoy which is like i said equates to about one or two songs is definitely not enough to keep me going back but not enough to turn me off of the band but just from an outsider's perspective not a police fan i give this album a 35 i hated it oh, jesus man. christ um, that's the lowest rating by far <laughs> fucking anything. brutal production was good <laughs> well i don't think anybody would ever know that with a 35 <laughs> I would have way Production and musicianship is worth about 25%. Um, you stuck to your guns, and I'm proud of you. That's crazy harsh. That's insane. That's I mean, I you couldn't tell by his face this entire time. It's how I feel. I'm he sorry. He wasn't that mean to Faith No More. I'm sorry. I didn't like this at all. <laughs> what did you give that, the real thing? Like a 69. 69? Nice. I think it's almost a good album. And how Nick was talking. You don't think this is almost a good album? Yeah, uh, for some people, maybe. <laughs> I think for some people, it's almost. I think probably, if we're being honest, probably for the majority of people, yes. This just really did not click with me. Nick, Nick is very much a contrarian. He different. As we were saying off the air earlier, actually, like if it's not, you know, noticeable by now, like I 
genuinely or generally I should say don't like pop music well I do like pop music Um, I didn't really know what to expect from this album because I just knew the police hits Um, I didn't think that I would like this as much as I did Um, it really grew on me Uh, first time I heard it I thought it was good and the more I listened to it the more I loved it Um, there's barely anything bad on this album for me um there's just a few things and then just some like stylistic preferences that knock some points off of it for me um but i would say this is definitely in my top 100 albums i've ever heard i give it a 92 it's great okay um so my name is Max. Um, I'm gonna give Tell you us my about name. yourself. Hi, Max. Uh, you know, I got brown hair. I got what color, brown eyes. What color hair does your mom got? My mom has red hair. That's she nice. Is. I like. My mom redheads. is beautiful. Is your mom um, single? No. Shit. Um, so, anyways, my name is Max, um, and I'm gonna give you my kind of general thoughts and final rating here. Um, this album was a bit of a chore for me to get through i'm gonna be real with y'all um i kind of i kind of had to like make myself uh play it every day you know i'd rather listen to something else um but there were parts of this that i really loved um i loved synchronicity one every breath you take i think is one of the just one of the best songs ever written um the only song I really straight up hated was Walking in Your Footsteps. Um, if you guys are interested, I'm going to have a separate podcast about that song. Um, and how <laughs> Is it going to be called know. Hey, Mr. Maxosaurus? No, it's going to be called Walking in Your Cow Pies. Um, I'll be featured on it. Yeah, Nick's going to be featured on it. He, he's, it's a crossover. He's got a, a podcast about Sting's bass playing. Um, <laughs> only critiquing it. <laughs> yeah. Only on this album. Um I just think Sting stinks. I straight up said he was a great bass player. Um, His name should be Stink. What did I? What did I should have made Sting, that joke. Sting, more like Stink. I should have made that joke. Um, so yeah, parts of this this album was kind of half and half for me. Parts of it were great. Parts of it I didn't. I did not care for. Um, I would give it a sixty-five out of one hundred. Okay. Let's calculate up the excel sheet yeah okay so that brings the average score of synchronicity by the police to a 67 percent so it currently sits as the worst album of all time (laughs) (laughs) you're scared damn thank you nick very cool well you said it was a 67 67 that is criminal What's the, what's the second like. worst album of all time? Second worst album of all time is Tango in the Night by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> That's also kind of shameful. But don't worry. I have a plan for this. There's only six albums ever. You can't fucking... I can't what, Nick? I can't what? I can do anything that I put my mind to. Okay. Including picking this next album because it's my turn. So, what is the next album to be rated? Give okay. me a clue. Oh, I'm giving clues. Don't worry. I don't feel like we're going to be able to guess it. Uh, I what think you'll be able to guess this. Okay. Um, 
This man is known... Bob Seger. <laughs> no, no. Bab Seger. John Mellencamp. No. Bob Coop. Saget. It's Bob Saget's comedy special. A weirder not allowed to do stand-up albums, I, was just I don't gonna think. Ask Are that. we not allowed to do stand-up? That's not music. That's my next pick. That's actually ruined my next four months worth <laughs> of picks. I like the way he delivered on this track. <laughs> yeah. Um, breaking, so this, down, breaking jokes down by tracks, that'd be so fucking terrible. He's got some range. <laughs> funny stuff on that uh, on that joke he made. He used that funny voice. Um, so this man is not known as a musician. Um, he's known under a different career primarily, and then he took a little dip of the toe into the world of music. Is Eddie this Murphy? Eddie Murphy? It is not Eddie Murphy. Damn. Bruce Willis. It is not Bruce Willis. <laughs> Steve Martin? It is not Steve Martin. They're doing his um, Can you give me one more hand? He's known as a real tough guy, and he is deceased. Pat Boone. And it's not Pat Boone. Oh, Pat Boone's a singer. Never mind. <laughs> he's known for music. <laughs> a tough guy. He's made some uh, movie appearances, but he's not known as an actor. He's an athlete. A deceased athlete. Oh, duh, Mike Tyson. <laughs> it's not Mike Tyson. <laughs> he's but not. you're you're kind of going towards the right sport. Muhammad Ali. It's not Muhammad Ali. This is more of a uh, sports entertainment type thing. Wrestler. It is a wrestler. Dead wrestler. Chris Jericho. No, he's not dead. All right, dead wrestler. That did an album. <gasps> Macho Man? It is Be a Man by the Macho Man Randy oh. Savage. Because I think you all need to be men right now. So We got to listen to a Macho Man album? Oh, yeah. It's on Spotify, buddy. Isn't it like a rap album? It sure is. Be, what's uh, called Be a Man? Be a Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm actually, I'm excited for this, actually. <laughs> Dennis, you are a true loose cannon. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We love every single two of you. All two of them. All two of you. And Jake. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to big old J-Dog. <laughs> <laughs>